Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. And we are the voices of Tarbis. In a nutshell, we travel to different historical places and events and we blog about them. But we wanted to try a different medium, so we're branching out into podcasts. Each week we'll have a chat about different periods of history, important events and extraordinary people in one way or another. And we'll round it all off with a relevant, ridiculous death. So, sit back, grab a drink and enjoy Tarbis After Hours. Hello and welcome to this week's Tarbis After Hours. First off, we have a disclaimer. Big disclaimer. This week we're going all the way back to ancient Rome, <clears throat> hence why last week I said all the roads, all yeah. the roads lead to Rome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be mentions of debauchery, Obviously. transgenderism, mm-hmm. and a very brief mention of rape. Slight. Slight. There will also be a couple of uses of the word penis. Just penis to make is an okay word. It's an okay, but some people might get offended. I mean, whilst this podcast is designed to be a factual discussion plus giggle on certain historical periods or characters we appreciate that some topics will be uncomfortable for certain people to listen to so consider yourself warned and let us begin yeah uh this week we're talking about emperor in inverted commas mm. alagabalus okay um we'll come back to why inverted commas soon enough uh, but first up we'll just give you a, a bit of exposition okay rome at this time was a vast empire and uh, a very with a very effective military power, Rome. No one messes with Rome. No, no. Um, the military held the power really. So whoever controlled the military controlled Rome. Makes sense. So basically, Rome is nothing. Not Rome is nothing without its military, but military yeah. was the thing. It's like the backbone of Rome. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, um, this led to a lot of contention at the top, and that's why emperors didn't tend to last very long. No, that's no, why this not. is probably one of a many Roman emperor, almost like a series of yeah. podcasts. I'm pretty sure. I think at one point in one year they had something like four emperors in one year. Yep, yep. Um, the emperor was at the top, almost in a godlike position of control and power over his people. Mm-hmm. Below that was the Senate, similar to Parliament, but with more, if possible, particularly in the current climate, more corruption. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Senate was made up of distinguished, privileged men mm. who were considered learned, and they had the power to put the emperor in his place by whatever means necessary. Yeah, we're looking at you, Brutus. <laughs> but trust me, murder wasn't above them. Uh, he was technically an emperor, but just look at Julius Caesar. Yeah, because he came before the emperors. He, he was, I mean, people remember him as an emperor, but he wasn't. Yeah, Julius Caesar. I, I didn't actually know that until you started properly looking into history mm. for just skimming it i always thought julius caesar was emperor of rome yep but if you look the modern american system is based loosely on this yeah you've got the person at the head you've got the senate mm-hmm. um anyway it was a uh, men only club okay although it was acknowledged that some women had a good grasp of the political strings yeah behind every man there is a powerful woman mm-hmm. let's be honest so, uh, back to the military. Mm-hmm. The most elite branch of the Imperial Roman Army was the Praetorian Guard. Okay. Uh, some of their ranks served as a personal bodyguard to the Roman Emperor. If they liked you, fabulous! Yay! Ooh. If they didn't, well, we'll see what happens when they didn't like you. But now, back to the man himself. Right. He was born approximately in 203 CE, Common Era or AD, whichever dating system you subscribe to. Um, we'll probably say B- B- BC and AD just to make it easier. Um, and he was born in Syria. 
He was the son of Julius Suamus and Sextus Varius Marcellus. They had some fabulous names in Rome, didn't they? They do. I mean, your average name is at least three names long. Almost like yours. Almost. I mean, mine is six, just FYI. Um, they were part of a long line of high priests to the Syrian god Baal, also known as Alagabal. Oh, that sounds very similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, his original name, however, was possibly, not 100% sure, but possibly Varius Avitus Bassianus. A bit different to Alagabal, isn't it? A little bit. And um, he actually served as a priest of Baal, as was expected of him and his family. When his cousin and the then-emperor, Caracalla, was assassinated in 217 AD, he was replaced by Praetorian prefect Macrinus. Despite being Praetorian, however, Macrinus didn't have a whole lot of military support. Remember what you said? Control the military, control Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, Elagabalus's mother and his grandmother, Julia Maesa, um, took advantage of this. They claimed that Elagabalus was actually the illegitimate child of Caracalla, and he officially changed his name to Caesar Marcus Aurelius Antoninus Augustus as proof of this connection. You know, Caesar, Augustus. Augustus means, like, the most august, as in if someone's august, they're, they're fabulous, they're really revered, everything. He was revered. The military, because of this, rallied behind him, and Macrinus lost the support of whatever was left of his army not long after. The Senate then officially acknowledged Elagabalus because they had to do it, they had the power. Um, they acknowledged him as emperor in 218 AD. Um, we'll keep calling him Elagabalus to avoid confusion, but he wasn't really called that much during his life. Um, the name Elagabalus, or Heliogabalus, as he was also known, were mostly posthumous and referred to his worship of the god Baal. Ah, oh, right. So he wasn't actually, he didn't never call himself Elagabalus, not no. that we know of. No. It's basically oh. he was of a Lagabal. Okay, well, this is where it all gets a bit interesting. Okay. A Lagabalus was now, to all intents and purposes, one of the most powerful men in the whole world. Age just 15. What could go wrong? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely everything. Uh, Romans at the time were very... They, are you talking about religion? Yes. Yeah, they were polytheists. They were, uh, meaning they believed in more than one god. Okay. Um, in fact, they had many gods, right. even a god of boots. Who doesn't need a god of boots? I mean, I wish I had a god of boots to find me a nice pair that didn't break. That's because you walk funny. That's because I have dodgy feet. Thanks for bringing that up. Oh, disability <clears throat> discrimination on podcast, guys. <sighs> I'm not actually discriminating against that, FYI. No, I, I do walk dodgy. It's weird. Yeah. I look like a penguin. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We digress. We always digress into something ridiculous. We do apologise. The head of the gods, however, was Jupiter, Mm -hmm. or Zeus, in the Greek pantheon. Yeah. The one thing you'll learn about Jupiter or Greece, the vast majority of the problems in their pantheon and their mythology is because he couldn't keep it in his pants. Well, he was Zeus. I mean, yeah, he was the lightning god, the chief god, head honcho, big man himself. He could get away with it, but he also had a wife. That's naughty. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, uh, Jupiter slash Zeus mm-hmm. uh, was a divine big cheese. Um, he, he ruled over all the other go- gods with his wife, Juno. Yeah. That's what you just said. Uh, the Romans took their gods and their feasts very seriously. Mm. So they didn't really take too kindly to it when their new emperor decided that instead of Jupiter slash Zeus, they should be worshipping Baal as chief god. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, He then went one step further and divorced his first wife, 
Julia Cornelia Paula. Mm-hmm. And then married Aquila Severa. Okay. So, uh, not a big deal, no? Nope. Well, yes, a very, very big deal, as Severa was a Vestral Virgin. Uh-oh. The Vestral Virgin was kind of sacrosanct. Mm-hmm. They were untouchable. Okay. And uh, to violate one, you could be punished by being burnt alive. So, naturally, the Romans were outraged at this. Mm, understandable. Alag- <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so, Alagabalus tried to get around it by saying that it was a sacred union and that their children would therefore be like gods. Okay. He then arranged a marriage between the god Baal yep. and the goddess Urania, who was the lead goddess in Carthage. Carthage, close. I was saying it in the posh way. Sorry, apologies. It's like Kenya and Kenya. Isn't it? Exactly. (laughs) Um, Who were the ancient enemies of Rome? Yeah, that was Hannibal's people. Yeah. Not acting too smart at the moment. But. Yep. It gets worse. (sighs) My turn. Yeah, this is this is great. You know what you said about like the Romans being really serious about their feasts and everything? Mm-hmm. They were very, very, very serious about being Roman. Oh. About their traditions, about the way they dressed, the way they carried themselves, everything. Very Roman. He made his dignitaries dress in an un-Roman fashion and forced them to participate in elaborate religious ceremonies and sacrifices. So he forced them to, part- to worship a god that they didn't necessarily believe in and wear clothes that they, they wouldn't normally wear. Yeah. The ceremony and sacrifice part wasn't the problem. The Romans loved a good ceremony, and if there was a sacrifice evolved, well, hello, party time. Mm-hmm. But these were in honour of a different god. They weren't Roman gods. They weren't Roman ceremonies. Despite being tolerant of different cultures and opening citizenship acro- up across the empire, empire, even allowing foreigners to take the top job of emperor, remember he's a Syrian, you just didn't mess with Roman tradition. So he wasn't off to the best start. Well, no, because we're looking at what he's... He's gotten divorced, Mm -hmm. married a vestal virgin, Mm -hmm. um, changed their god. Yep. And um, also made them un-Roman. Yep. And do ceremonies to a god they didn't believe in. Yep. And then betrothed their new head god to the head goddess of their, their ancient enemy. But, as Doreen reminded us, Things can only get better, right? Things can only get better. Wrong. In total, it's believed Alagabalus had at least five wives. Oh. And one husband. Oh. Now, please understand that our modern notions of gender and sexuality don't really apply. The ancient world was a lot more liberated on that score than we are. Mm -hmm. Um, We we still have a lot of our, um, like, a lot of our Victorian values. It is getting better. It's getting better, we're getting there, but they didn't understand gender in the way that we do. No. Um, True, women didn't have a whole lot of privilege, and adultery could be punishable either by death, or by having your pubic hair singed off with hot coals. I'd rather that than death. You mean, one of them is quite drastic, the other one is a little bit, you know, uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, women would get killed, the men would have their pubic hair singed off with hot coals. Well, that's... Or... Or, That's well unfair. Worse than death, the women would be pariahs and would be um, forbidden from joining in religious ceremonies. Oh. They would literally be cast out of society and they would have to wear certain clothes as well. They wouldn't be allowed to wear certain colours. Wow. Yep. And the men just had their pubes a little bit singed. Yeah, but if you ever tell wow. a man that you're going to put hot coal near his testicles, 
see how he reacts. I'm pretty sure most would choose death. Ben! <laughs> Poor Ben. <laughs> right. Um, they were still pretty open about stuff, though, despite this. Um, but the emperor was meant to be above it. He was, as you said, he was almost godlike. Alagabalus didn't care, though. He was going to have his fun. Shocker. <laughs> Apparently, he quite enjoyed having his husband catch him, inverted commas, in flagrante delicto. Means right in the act. Oh. So he would be in the act with a, a woman or another man. You know, you don't judge. And he'd have his husband walk in on him. It was kind of a game. He enjoyed it. Yeah. Anyway, he used to dress in very... <laughs> yeah, he used to dress in very um, elaborate and sensual robes. And he used to dance for the God Bowl. And um, this is this allegedly enabled him to seduce men with his looks and his dancing because he was quite androgynous. Um, and it helped with winning the support of his army to the claim for the Imperial Hotspot. So... Like, his mom and his nan were paying them off and, you know, saying, oh, yes, he's, he's the illegitimate son of the old emperor that you love so much. And he's like, look at me, I'm dancing, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the record, I'm doing a little dance as well. A little wiggly dance. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so, you think maybe at this point he's kind of got his act, not together, but he knows what he's doing and everyone's kind of accepted it per se. You'd think. He then divorces that festival bride of his... So he caused all that ruckus for nothing. Yep, and he married someone called Ania Faustina, mm-hmm. uh, and then committed further blasphemy by opening the palace and Plotinus baths to the public. Uh-oh. Uh, the emperor was not to bathe with the common man, um, but his reason for doing this was apparently to attract well-endowed men to bathe. I see your logic there, Lagabas. I like it. We see, yeah, we know. Yeah, we get um, it. And uh, he had his servants and soldiers uh, search the city of Rome. Mm-hmm. So for any class, just to search the city of Rome for, for onobeli, mm-hmm. which is a mashup of the Greek words for donkey and weapon. We'll let you figure that one out for yourself. Um. <clears throat> but wait, there's more. Oh, yay. It was, a, it was alleged though uh, never really proven, mm. that he would sacrifice children in honour of his god Baal and then use their entrails for divination. Okay, so uh, childminding, not his strong suit? No, not really. So he used to get all of the uh, intestines and look through them to see if he could see the future. Wow. By killing the future. Oh, yeah. Deep, yeah. man. See deep. what he did there, wouldn't yeah. he? Thanks. Um, he let lions and leopards loose on his dinner guests. Mm. Um, the animals had been tamed and rendered harmless, but his guests didn't know that. So they'd be running and panicking, and the poor lion or leopard would be like, Hi guys, give me a cuddle. I would love to cuddle a lion. Okay. Anyway, that's an aside, sorry. Um, so fluffy. He also threw a load of venomous snakes on a crowd that had gathered to, um, for regular Roman games. So, you know, gladiators and the like. So people would just be innocently sitting there watching a gladiator fight or chariot racing and such, and he would just throw venomous snakes into the crowd. Have a snake. Why not? Uh, um, you know, the, the whole idea of someone innocently watching a gladiator fight, which is predominantly to the death, and then snake. <laughs> Pretty much. So, <laughs> like, oh yes, honey, let's go and have a nice day out, the, out at the Colosseum. Let's have a game. Snake. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Lagabalus just sitting there like, oh, I'm so random. Yeah. 
<coughs> oh god, it's like a yieldy version of Punked, isn't it, or Jackass? Oh mate. Oh, it's like yes, all these games, Snake. Yes. Right. <clears throat> if you weren't lucky or unlucky enough to be a guest in his house, he could torture some of his guests by tying them to a water wheel in an echo of a punishment by Zeus slash Jupiter for Ixion for the attempted rape of Hera slash Juno by tying him to a water wheel in the underworld for all eternity. He wasn't really a chill guy, Zeus, despite what Disney would have you believe. He was really cruel. And if you think he's bad, Hera's worse. Yeah, well, you know, Walt Disney it makes all these movies for, you know, families. He couldn't exactly have Zeus, you know, Well, um, mean. You know in, in the Disney film that Hades sends the snakes after Hercules mm-hmm. at the start? Firstly, Hades is actually a really cool guy. He's really, he's really relaxed. It's his wife that's a problem. But secondly, it was Hera that sent those snakes. To kill, slash Juno. Yeah, to kill Hercules, slash Heracles, um, who was the illegitimate son of Zeus. Um, she did it, and his name, Heracles, actually means glory of Hera, because he, she couldn't kill him. So she actually ended up making him stronger, therefore he's a glory of Hera. So it's just wow. like, that's a massive middle finger up, isn't it? Isn't it just? <laughs> right. So he used to have loads of fragrant flowers. This is back to Alagabalus. Yep. He used to have loads of fragrant flowers released from the ceilings at feasts, which sounds Aww. really nice. Now, lovely flowers. One time he got the amounts wrong, and he ended up smothering several of his guests with flower petals, and they actually suffocated to death. See, that one was an accident. Death by flower petal. <laughs> is, it's kind of a lame way to go. <laughs> and that is not actually our ridiculous death this, no, this that's, episode. That's not glamorous, that's lame. Right, uh, he also sat other guests on air cushions so that the cushions would deflate and then the guest would slide away under the table. It's like a kind of a ye olde whoopee cushion. Wow. So that, you're sitting there, you're like, oh yes, I've got dinner in the Emperor's house. Deflating cushion, whoops, you slide under the table. He also gave the best lottery prizes in the forms of boxes of flies and dead dogs. Wow. He did also used to give people slaves and houses. Yeah, but dead dogs and flies. Yeah, not great. No. Um, but talking of dinner parties... All right. Um, Alagabalas used to throw dinner parties of, like, 400 courses. This is when he wasn't throwing snakes. Yes. Um, and so when he was at these parties, he would feed his guests some things that aren't as cray, mm. and then some things that are completely as cray. Yeah. So he used to feed them live parrots... That was messy. It wouldn't be great. Feathers stuck in your teeth. I was thinking more of the poop. Wow. Yeah. And he used to also feed them camel's feet, which had scooped out flamingo's brains on the top. That could have been a delicacy. Um, jellyfish. Mm. Yeah. Um, rotten fish guts. Horse meat sandwiches. Maybe that's where Tesco's got the idea from. <laughs> oh, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> um, stuffed snails. No French um, do that. Cow's udders. Okay. Um, a dormouse rolled up in figs. I hope they remove the tail. Mm-hmm. And peas! Right. With little nuggets of gold inside. Would that not just hurt your teeth? Well, only a Lagabalas ate this food. He used to feed his guests wax and stone food lookalikes so he could eat the actual food. He's such a great guy. <laughs> He's a nice guy. So, never go to his games. Um, only go to his bath if you're an honor belly. Mm-hmm. And uh, never go for dinner. Yeah, pretty much. But you know how Lagabalas are now getting into like the frame of mind that he likes to piss off the Romans? 
Yes, very much so. Yeah. Circumcision was completely abhorred in ancient Rome. Okay. Um, they hated the very idea of it. And a rumour has it that not only was Elagabala circumcised, he was actually infibulated. Okay. This was meaning that the head of his penis was divided into two. I'm not a man. I don't even have one. I'm not a man and I clenched. But he also desired to be castrated. Okay. uh, Not as an act of religion, but rather for effeminacy. Oh, because he wanted to be a woman. Yeah, a form of ancient um, transsexualism. And he was preferred to be known, and hence the air quotes at the start, as Empress Alagabalus. So, not only is he doing all this with the circumcision and everything else, in the top spot that is very male, 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 in, like, a country that's ruled, or an an empire that's ruled by men, 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 Mm -hmm. he wanted to be an empress. He wanted to be a woman. Oh, I bet that went down like a dead baboon. Not sure it would have gone down great. No. But as this is only kind of rumour, it may or may not have 100% be true. This is is true. I mean, um, he also, according to rumour, he alleged, again, never strictly proven, Mm -hmm. that he opened up a senculum, which was a woman's senate. Hey! Whether or not he actually went this far... Um, it's known that he did surround himself with powerful women. Um, at this point, enough was enough. His people had started to grumble. and So, he... so let me get this straight. Yeah. Let me get this right. He does all this stuff. He makes their... He changes their god, mm. marries it to him to an enemy of Rome, mm-hmm. marries a virgin, mm-hmm. wants to be a woman, mm-hmm. opens the bath to public, mm-hmm. throws venomous snakes on their guests, mm-hmm. makes them eat stones, mm-hmm. and what pisses them off is opening a woman's parliament. Yeah, there's just some lines you don't cross. <laughs> Are you sure we're not talking about 2018? Oh, Controversial again. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Um, mm. The people had started to grumble. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and though he actually executed dissenting generals, so anyone that was like, oh, I don't like this, gone. Dead. Oh, yeah. Didn't even, didn't even stop with the snake. Just straight to death. Yeah. Done. He couldn't stop the rising tide against him. So in the end... The end came. Mm-hmm. But, but in the end, the end came. Yep. Okay. But the treachery came from his family. Oh. Yeah. Um, his grandmother, Julia Maisa, she was the woman, one of the women instrumental in bringing Elagabalus to power, if you remember. She convinced him to adopt a kid called Severus Alexander as his son and heir, um, which was a common practice in the imperial families at the time. So a lot of the time, you, it wouldn't be necessarily your own son. The only exception to that is Marcus Aurelius and his son Commodus. Um, everyone else, you would adopt someone and they would be your heir. Um, Elagabalus did this, but he realised too late he was actually setting up his replacement. His own grandmother had convinced him to set up his replacement. He rushed to the Praetorian Guard and ordered the assassination of Severus Alexander. However, on the 11th of March, 218 AD... The Praetorians turned against him, and both Elagabalus, then aged 19, so he came to power at 15, this is when he's aged 19, so all that stuff he did, four years. Wow, that's spectacular. Yep. Then aged 19, Elagabalus and his mother, Julia Soamius, were murdered, and the bodies were thrown into the River Tiber. Wow. Um, Severus Alexander was named emperor. The senculum was disbanded, if it did actually exist. 
And the Seculum is the, the woman's yeah, Senate. Yeah, the woman's yeah. Senate. Um, and Baal was cast aside for Jupiter once again. Um, normality was restored to Rome and the, Severus, the Severan dynasty continued. That's the name of the dynasty that is part of, the Severan dynasty. They then also did something called Damnatio Memoriae. Right. Which means erasing his memory. That's why there's not a lot known about it. it they're basically damning his memory. So a lot of stuff that was written about him they destroyed, carving statues, things like that, destroyed, um, cast his name out of monuments to get rid of him or her. Wow. That's why, like, on the one hand, it is easy to feel sorry for Elagabalus. Yeah. Like, he was thrust into power and he was only trying to be true to himself and the god that he worshipped his whole life. Yeah. And in the end, he was killed for it. Yeah. But on the other hand, he was a bit of a twit. And he fell afoul of the most elite part of the most elite army in the ancient world. That's a turpin in half. Is it just? Yeah. Oh, bless him. Poor little Lagabalus. What have we learned from this today? Don't throw snakes at crowds. Do not throw snakes at crowds. No. Don't play snap apple. Don't play snakes at... Don't throw snakes at clouds. Don't what? No. We don't throw to... snakes at clouds. <laughs> you can try and throw a snake at a cloud, Carrie. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to throw a snake at a cloud... And it landed in the crowd. Hmm. We need to do like a top five of things we've learnt so far. Yep. Do not snap apple. Do not throw snakes at clouds. Do not write it down. Do not write letters. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not write it do down. Do not write letters. Do not write it down goes for a lot of different things in history. Yeah. Like how many people wrote at the bottom of a letter? Once you've read this, burn it straight away and then it doesn't get burned. Yep. Mate. So, <laughs> that is a Lagabalus. Yep. Like we said, it's not that much information on him because like you said there isn't that much no they i mean they couldn't erase everything but they erased a lot of it there is still a statue of him shown in the in the roman style um with his hair and like the way he dresses and everything but there's not a statue of him as he actually would have appeared so we don't actually know what he looks like we can we can know his facial features from that statue but it's how he was portrayed to the roman people to remind Ah. them that he is roman so we don't know how he actually... We've only got, like, people's reports on how he dressed and things. Oh. Yeah. Poor Lugbalus. I actually feel for him. I do. Yeah. He was 15, and he's given this the biggest country and the biggest army in the ancient world. Yeah. He's going to go a little bit nuts. He is. And he already, obviously, had different thought processes as a lot of people did back then. Yeah. And if he was if he was so set on being transgender as well, he already wasn't comfortable in his own body, so he had that to contend with as well. Yeah. Bless him. And he was going through puberty anyway. Not so. gonna lie though, all of that it makes sense, that's great. I d I don't know how any of that actually explains the fact he had the tip of his penis cut in half. It might have been a religious thing. But it said not religious. No, the castration wasn't religious, that was for effeminacy. But having being infibulated and having his, his penis like split like a fork in the road then that, that maybe may why did he have a snake's tongue maybe I mean maybe that's why he didn't have kids because it's not really effective at that point yeah I'm pretty sure when it's been cut in half yeah also how did he pee <laughs> that would have been messy <sighs> oh. yeah a lot of questions many mostly about his penis <laughs> I n- I've never Welcome to ancient Rome. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that that pretty much does. Oh, God, I've just nearly fallen off the chair. <laughs> yeah, that does sort of sum up ancient Rome. To be fair. Yeah. So uh, we're now going to 
this uh, the fun not the well the fun part of our podcast the fun the, part apart from the person we're talking about it wasn't fun for them no although ridiculous deaths yeah. now when it comes to ancient Rome there are so many well, uh, just the classical world in general Rome and, and Greece it's just wow. we've got seven written down to choose from for this podcast alone obviously we've only chosen one because we do have more and uh, many more Roman emperors to cover yeah. so we're going to want to use some of these um, but I got to choose this one, mm-hmm. and it is about a Greek philosopher. Okay, Chrysippus. Yes, Chrysippus. Um, he allegedly died from laughter after he saw a donkey eating his figs. Okay. Right. I shall explain. So the concept of death from laughter seems rather ironic. Yeah. Um, as laughter is often an indication of lively celebration and a sign of life's pleasures. As you're laughing, you're releasing them endorphins, you're happy. However, on rare occasions, death can occur when brain trauma induces pathological laughter or when laughter triggers a sudden loss of consciousness. So you can literally laugh yourself, spark out. You can. Wow. Okay. Um, called a syncope. All right. The laughter-induced syncope is an actual medical term mm-hmm. and it is often known as the Seinfeld syncope. Okay. Because one reported case occurred when an unfortunate patient died whilst watching a particular funny episode of the popular TV show Seinfeld in the US. Could you imagine being the producers of Seinfeld and finding that out and just be like, "Yeah, we've got a death syndrome named after you because some guy died laughing at your show." It means it was quite a good. It was quite funny. That's true. I wonder what episode it was. If you've ever seen Seinfeld and you think you may know the episode, let us know. I mean, obviously, you can't let us know if you died of laughter. Oh, no, but, you know. Um, Throughout history, some people allegedly died from laughter, and instances of such deaths has been recorded from the times of the ancient antiquity to the modern day. Couldn't say that. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. (laughs) Put your seat back in. Yep. Um, The earliest known example dates back to 5th century BC, when a Greek painter named Zixis? Yep. Allegedly died of laughing while ironically painting the goddess Aphrodite as an old woman. His death was considered a punishment from the gods for mocking a goddess. Yeah, and if there's one goddess you don't mock, it's Aphrodite. Aphrodite being mocked was what started the Trojan War. Yep. So that guy uh, wasn't great. But he's not who we're talking about. No. Uh, so another uh, predominant intellectual of the ancient Greeks reportedly died in a fit of laughter. Okay. This is Chrysippus. Chrysippus was a stoic philosopher with a particular interest in logic and ethics. Okay. Um, He was head of the Stoic School of Philosophy and an incredibly prolific writer who composed more than 700 works. Considering they all had to be written by hand on scroll. So he's he's a logical person. Mm -hmm. He is educated. He is learned. He is respected. He's a Stoic, so they're quite serious. You know the term Stoic? Yep. And the historical source of the death of Chrysippus was found among the writings of none other than Diogenes. Good old Diogenes. Living in a barrel, Diogenes. Yes. This Uh, guy who uh, doesn't wear shoes and pees on people. Had statues. Good old Diogenes. Yep. Uh, So, Chrysippus died. He was 73. That's not bad. And it was during the 143rd Olympiad. Okay. So the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, the which Olympics took pa- as they were. Yep. Which took place from 208 to 204 BC. So their Olympics lasted four years? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like a nod now that we do them every four years. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, he reportedly saw a donkey eating his figs. Okay. And he yelled, Now give the donkey a pure wine to wash down the figs. That, that was it. That was it. Afterwards, he started laughing so hard that he fell to the ground. He continued to laugh for several mi- minutes, then started shaking uncontrollably, and foam started coming out of his mouth. Several bystanders rushed to help him, but he died after the seizure receded. The authorities at the time claimed that he died from laughter, and the public accepted this explanation. So, basically, he laughed himself to death with a really bad dad joke. He laughed so hard he caused himself an epileptic fit. Yep. Over a donkey eating figs and him saying, oh, give the donkey a glass of wine. That, that is it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you get dad jokes that are so bad they're good. Yeah. Like, you laugh at them. And then you get those jokes that your dad is chuckling as he's, he's saying. And you're just staring at him. Yeah, he's like, really? Really? You're an embarrassment. Yeah. But that... I mean, he's bound to be someone's dad. Could could you imagine? So, <laughs> like, Dad? That wasn't funny. Dad? 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 <laughs> dad? <laughs> oh, dear. Do you think the donkey felt bad? Because not only did this dude die, he also lost his figs. That depends entirely on whether or not they actually gave the donkey wine, because if they gave him wine, I don't think he much cared. But, yeah, so, uh, good old... Give the donkey wine. Yeah, oh good old Crispius God. decided died by saying, "Now give the donkey a pure wine to wash down the figs." I don't know about laughing. I'm actually traumatized by how bad that joke is. <laughs> it's like he laughed at his own joke. He expected it to be really funny. Yeah, give the donkey some wine. <laughs> yep, and he laughed. He laughed himself into a seizure and he died. Oh, that's. And Diogenes wrote that down. Of course he did, because that's that's worth noting. Thanks, do, you think he, do you think he peed on him while he was writing it? No, I'm just wondering where he found the uh, like the vellum, like the scroll and the, the ink and everything in his barrel. Did he have a little shelf? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my lame dad joke. Well, please stay conscious. Well, um, <laughs> that was it for this week. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any suggestions of other Roman emperors you'd like us to talk about, or any period or in history or any individual let us know and also like and subscribe and comment if you're liking it also check us out on instagram and twitter what are our handles carrie our handles are at tarvis history and and at tarvis history we've kept it nice and simple for (laughs) you yeah so uh throw us a like throw us a review don't throw us a snake and we will speak to you next tuesday bye snake give the jockey a fig you know, I just realised that, a uh, little disclaimer on the end here, I got the date wrong, and he didn't die in 218, he actually came to power in 218 AD, he died in 222 AD, I mean, obviously I was I was that terrified by the threat of Emily throwing a snake at me, and that preoccupied by donkeys eating figs, I got it wrong. I'm sorry. I'm going to go and make you tell a really bad joke and laugh yourself to death. It'll only be me next week, people!